Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Fistle Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, as with tradition, uh, you get the head coach and you get the general manager speaking at the beginning of training camp. And this is Omar Khan talking yesterday. Um, some of the highlights and some of the questions from his press conference. We're going to take you there right now. All right, Omar, go ahead. Hello, everyone. Great to see you guys here in Latrobe. Um, uh, I wanted to begin by first uh, thanking uh, the community here for having us back, for welcoming us back. Um, you know, I, I personally really love being here. I can tell you that we don't take for granted our time here. Um, you know, we're excited to be here, and uh, you know, thanks to everyone here. Uh, also, want to acknowledge uh, everyone at St. Vincent uh, College, and uh, also from our staff, Aiden Hennessy and Tom Goyne and their staffs for putting everything together. Campus is great; it's truly first class, and uh, we're ready to go. Uh, with respect to the t to football now. You know, I said early on that our competition at uh, every position was important. I think we've accomplished that leading into camp. We'll get some uh, really cool, fun battles that are going to take place. I'm not going to get into specific specifics as to uh, which players and which battles, but I think we have that. And there's a lot of time between now and uh, September 10th. Uh, but, uh, you know, some good, good things we're going to be uh, watching carefully. Uh, you know, I did also want to mention Alex Highsmith. I'm really uh, fired up that we got that deal done. Uh, Alex is uh, not only an ascending player, but I'm confident that I, you know, him and his wife Alyssa, they're going to be very impactful in this community. Just great people. They're Steelers, and like I said, great, great, excited to be here, and glad to see everyone, and ready to open it up. Any uh, contracts to work on? Uh, you know, right now there's nothing going on. Uh, we're not going to close the door on anything, but right now I can tell you there's nothing. Omar, with regards to Alex's contract, how important was it to get that done before camp so that you don't have this lingering thing going on throughout training yeah. camp? You know, every one of these negotiations is a little different, um, and it just so happened, you know, we, we had discussions with the with, with his representatives. Uh, they're, they're, they're good people, and, uh, you know, it's just something that was able to come, come together early, and we're glad we got it done, and, you know, when we did, and, you know, glad it's, it's done. Omar, what, what kind of hoops were there to navigate with Joey's contract, given he was a second-round pick yeah. drafted at slot 32? It was really more, you know, um, I, you know, the fact there was a, there was a quarterback behind him, and I think that maybe uh, had something to do with it. But uh, you know, he got done in time for camp, so there was no issues from our end. Omar, can you remember a time when you really have in camp no con no major contract? Um, you know, I haven't sat back and done the research on it, but uh, it, it's nice to be in that position right now. Well, you've been about a year now. I mean, away from this point of constructing the roster, could if anything better happen this past year? It seems like everything you want, at least from the outside, looked like it's fell into place for you as a front office. Um, 
uh, you know, I appreciate the optimism there, Mark. But uh, I, there's there's always uh, you know things that you wish could have happened. But uh, you know, for the most part, we feel really good where we're at. I'm, I can't tell. I told the team last night how excited I was about the uh, you know the locker room that we've assembled there and the group of men that we have in that uh, locker room. And uh, you know, just we're in a good spot right now. I really believe that. Omar, it's um, kind of cliche the the leap from year one to year two that everybody talks about, but. Can you speak to Kenny and maybe George too, and what internally is expected from them from year one to year two? Yeah, and their expectation is just what you said. You know, they they got to make that leap from year one to year two. They know what what it takes. You know, they've been in this for a year now, and um, you know, I'm confident that both those guys are going to make that progression. Both those guys are hardworking guys. They know it's important to them. Um, I don't have a doubt that you're you're going to see uh, the growth, the maturation process in both those guys. on Mark's regrets question. Cam Sutton, do you regret yeah. not starting talking to him the year before? You know, I, what happened there? I don't know if I want to deal with hypotheticals like that, but he, you know, he had an opportunity. He was a free agent. His contract was up. He got a great opportunity to go to Detroit. He was very happy with that contract. You know, we obviously had discussions. Uh, you know, we uh, talked about bringing him back, and it just didn't work out. The and that's free agency. There no talks the year before. Yeah, there was not. Uh, not you know, I. I'd have to go back. I don't, I don't really recall us having specific discussions on that last year. Omar, any more eagerness or anticipation on your part this year to see how your guys from free agency and draft will perform on the football field again as opposed to maybe last year? Any more eagerness? On your part. Yeah, uh, because they're the guys you brought up. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's – I want to see everyone grow. But, yeah, obviously it's human nature. You know, these are some of the players that we brought in this year and we want them to succeed quickly. Omar, as a, as a team, and maybe the bigger question as a league, are you listening to what the running backs have been saying lately about the state of their pay situation and what can be done? I wouldn't, I'm not going to get into specific discussions about a, a specific position group, but I'll just say, look, it's, you don't have to be a mathematician to figure it out, but you know, when quarterback salaries start increasing at the rate that they're increasing, you know, at some point it's going to have a residual effect on somewhere on the roster. You know, and it's, it's every, every franchise is going to handle things differently. Uh, it's up to every franchise to decide how to build their roster. But, you know, eventually that's going to have an effect. You know, when the quarterback salaries are growing at a rate higher than what the cap is, and I get it, there's ways to get around, you know, whatever the cap number is. And, but, um, you know, it's just going to be a natural effect. You watch the film, you're just, the scouts coaches break down the tape this afternoon or throughout camp. What do you want to see when, at the end of the day from the team that will make you feel like you're headed in the right direction? Well, as you watch film every day, you know, we watch the film every day of practice um, in the evenings, you just want to see guys getting better. You know, you want, you want this to trend that way. And if you see that, then, you know, you, you, you get confident that good things are here to come. Come back to the running backs for a second. What's that? Did you see that in day one? You know, day one, we don't really have the pads on. Uh, you know, it's part of the acclimation period. So, you know, it's, it's hard to say after one day you'll see that. But, I, I, you know, it's, it's more of a, you know, that's what the whole entire training camp's for. That's what the preseason's for. Going back to the running backs for a second, I mean, obviously that was Kevin. But when you guys drafted Najee Harris in the first round, that's the mm -hmm. thing that some people talked about as kind of controversial. Do you feel like the Steelers as an organization maybe just value the running game more than, than some other teams do? Yeah, I don't necessarily agree that it's it's controversial. I mean, he was Najee was a good player. We had him rated up there, and I don't think we're ever going to apologize for taking a good football player. Gilmore, yeah, I love him. Him. Uh, you know, to, like, 
keep conversation open with him, talk to him about some of the things he's expressed concerns about so you can keep a good relationship with him for the next couple yeah, of years? Yeah, I have not talked to Najee specifically about that. You know, we talk all the time. I see him every day, and Najee's a stealer. He's a great stealer. He's a great person, great teammate. He's great in our building. I mean, you, you guys have all gotten to know him. Um, you know, we just have normal conversation like always. You know, he's we're all family in this organization, but uh, have not talked to him specifically about that. You only have two specific, uh, two experienced running backs. What went into the roster building there? Is it Connor Hayward? What, say that again? You only have two experienced right, running right. backs, a little, little shallow. And, uh, is Connor Hayward the reason you didn't get a third? Yeah, you know, I don't necessarily, I don't really agree with that. I, I like, you know, we have Anthony McFarland. He's been here for a couple okay. years. You know, we got uh, Huntley's here, and we got some young guys, and we have confidence in those guys. You know, if we didn't have confidence in those guys, we would have addressed it differently. Omar, when you look at the way that you guys construct and pay your roster, across the league, people are adding up, you know, offensive weapons, paying offense a whole lot of money. You guys are kind of doing the opposite, mm -hmm. paying the defensive players, valuing the run game. Why are you confident that that's the way to kind of maybe zig while everybody else is zagging? You know what? We don't really look at it that way. Um, I, if there's a good player and he deserves to get paid, you know, it's, it's my job to try to lock him up. But we, we don't look at it as, hey, we're paying, you know, too much of the defense. It's just it's just sort of how I guess it's – I haven't studied it enough, I guess, the way you guys have to really put it in those terms. Omar, I guess that from a roster construction standpoint, you guys got bigger. You beefed up the interior line. The teams that you're trying to catch, I mean, they can score a lot of points. It seems like you guys are trying to build something that maybe a little bit different than, I guess, what they're trying to do in terms of how you want yeah. football games. We, we had a vision uh, after last season, you know, Coach uh, Art and myself, uh, we got together and, you know, we put together a plan of what we wanted. The, we had a vision of what we wanted the roster to look like this year and how we were going to win football games. I can say that every single week in this league brings a different challenge. And um, you have to win football games in a different – every week it's a different way. You know, sometimes we're going to win, hopefully win scoring. You might, you might win scoring, you know, 12 points. You know, sometimes you're going to score – you might need to score 40 points. I'm confident we can we can win either way. Would you characterize where Broderick Jones is? He competing for a job? Is he the number one guy? What are your designs on a guy that you covet that much that you make a move to get? Him? Yeah, he's he's got to earn it. You know, I think Coach addressed that, or you guys can ask him. But he's he's going to earn it. Confident he he's uh, he's going to head. You know, we drafted him in the first round for a reason. Or I don't know if we ask you about Allen Robinson or not. Was he a specific target or were you looking for somebody in that position that he just was able to come through? We, um, you know, we, we wanted to address that position and, uh, you know, we looked at several options and um, we inquired about Allen and uh, we were able to get a deal done. So, I mean, he's a guy that, you know, we, we asked about and we had the opportunity to get to put something together and get it done. You know, we were able to do it. Uh, Omar, you said we think we can win scoring 40 points a game. It's been a struggle to be prolific offensively. Where does that confidence that you guys, if you get in a shootout with somebody, that you've got the horses that you can match them? Where does that come from? Yeah, I, I just think it's, the, you know, with, with respect to Kenny, you know, it's it's just part of the growth process. You know, like you guys asked, going from year one to year two, I just, I'm very confident that we're going to be able, you know, that everyone's going to grow. Um, you know, it's year two under with Kenny and, uh, I just just seen what we did in the, in the spring. Uh, I just I'm a, I'm a believer that these guys, um, you know, we can handle it. Omar, what's your thoughts on the cap right now? Where you are under it, and you always like to have that buffer going into the season. How do you feel? Yeah, always always need to have a buffer. Uh, you know, like to keep our options open. If there's an opportunity ever to upgrade our team, and 
you know, we want to be able to do it if it makes sense for us. What, what is your goal for the buffer? Is it 10 million? It, I mean, it changes every year. As long as you have weight, you know, I can give you an arbitrary number. Let's call it 5 million. I just need to know that there's places where I can create later on in the season if we have to. <coughs> we talked to Joey earlier today, and he talked about being a ball boy, coming up, yeah. up guys in the dorms. What do you remember about Joey coming up? You've been here for a long time, but him coming up and kind of being on the other side of things for camp. Yeah, we joked. I called him uh, yesterday. I was talking to him yesterday morning on the phone, and I asked him, I said, do you remember? Do you remember how to get here? And, uh, and he laughed, and he said, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, he hadn't done it in a few years, but uh, he said uh, so many things look the same. I got so many great memories that are coming back. I just remember Joey, you know, you know, running around, you know, when he was little. I remember in the indoor facility, I used to be like, would somebody please tell Joey Porter Jr. to please get off the football field, you know, little things like that. And it's, it's kind of fun to see him grow and mature and be, you know, be here in the role that he's at. Were you part of the uh, uh, workout for Penn State when he was a ball boy? And he worked out for Penn State. I was he not. He was there. Yeah, I was not. I was not that one. Are you changed out middle linebackers? What kind of impact is Holcomb and Roberts going to have on this defense? But both were team captains. I think that was a big part of it. Um, I think they're both uh, good football players. You know, obviously that health is uh, uh, is number one. They got to stay healthy. But I think if they are, and they're going to be impactful with that defense. Omar, how do you feel about your depth in that inside linebacker room? How do you feel from a cover standpoint that room can be better from last year? Um, you know, we, we signed the guys that we did just because we, we, we felt we had to get better, and we think we're going to be better with those guys. Um, I, I'm confident in the group that we have there. I mean, and, you know, I've said this before. If there's an opportunity to upgrade a position group, uh, we're always going to look at it, and if it makes sense, it makes sense. Kind of a surprise when we're from the outside. You're going to keep all, both of your quarterbacks behind how much of a benefit is that for Kenny to have the same room? And specifically, Mitch was yeah. the captain last year instead of going somewhere else. He decided to come back and, and be part of this again. Yeah, continuity is great, especially when you have a young quarterback. Uh, you know, Mitch is just tremendous there. You know, they have a good, the three of those guys have a great relationship, and they have it with Coach Sully and Matt. And uh, it's uh, it's just it made sense for us. You know, we're we're very fortunate to have those guys back, um, and very fortunate to have them. Uh, for the camaraderie that's in place in that room. Omar, what about Patrick Peterson coming into this team this year, a third training camp for him? In this setting, with the amount of experience he has, how beneficial is that for the team, the defense, and specifically two rookie corners on his roster? Yeah, I think the, end, the last part of your question is the key. You know, with young corners, having a vet like that that's done it, it's been successful, he's been one of the best at his position. I mean, I think that speaks for itself. You made a bunch of additions to the defensive line depth. And yeah. a couple of free agents. Why was that such a focus? And obviously, you know, as Cam gets older, you know, is, is being able to rotate him with some quality depth, the guys that you can play a lot become more important. Yeah, is, is Cam getting older? I is mean, he? Uh, uh, not, yeah. to me, not compared to me, he's not. <laughs> no, um, you know, the, you know, it's a big men's league. You know, you got to have them, and uh, we have we have some good competition there. So it's, that's going to be a fun fun group to watch. Elmer, you said no new contracts. I'm assuming uh, Jerry may have reported yesterday that that's going to include Mike T this year, not to mm -hmm. negotiate. What went into that decision? Because it does rotate sometimes. It's a year out, sometimes it's two. Why not do it this year? Yeah, that's that's not my department, but I anticipate Coach and I are going to be here together for a long time. You know, him and I have a great relationship, personally and professionally, and uh, you know that's that's not my business. That's his, but. Uh, not my department, but uh, I anticipate both of us will be here for a long time. Along those lines, 
I think the phrase he used yesterday when he was asked about it was, I acknowledge I have more years behind me than I do in front of me, <laughs> but it doesn't seem like he's running out of energy or anything. No, no, definitely not running out of energy, you no, guys, no. You got, I mean, what have you taken from him in the first year um, working in this role and the years leading up to it that you're looking to draw out even more for however long that might be? You know, we um, th this year was, was so awesome um, for me personally, and um you know, doing it with him was just, he made it that even that much more special. Um, he was a great resource for me, you know, when I had questions and he, you know, he's very, as you guys know, coaches all football. He's very knowledgeable about the game. He lives and dies football. And um, he was just a great person for me to lean on when I needed to lean on. And, um, you know, he was a great partner. Uh, we work well together and, I, you know, I hope we're doing it for a long time together. I mean, like you said, he's got a lot of energy and um, he hasn't let up there, so. He said yesterday when he was asked about his contract that he hadn't thought about it. I think for a lot of people that's kind of hard to believe. But I mean, just in your experience with him, like how locked in on this team is he that he can kind of shut things like maybe even his own personal finances out out of his mind? Yeah, you got to ask him about the, the finances. I'm not his finances. I'm not involved in that. But I mean, I we're both locked in. Everyone's locked in. I, I mean, I'm I'm so excited about this team and you know, the locker room and the people we have here. I mean, we're all centrally focused on, on one thing. You guys know what that is. Why are you so excited? Just, I just, it's just the vibe, you know, where we are, the, uh, the locker room of, uh, of men that we have and the staff. Like, you know, we, we, we just, we know what's at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, we know the hard work that, it, that it's going to require to get there. And I just, I just feel good about the people better and their willingness most, to do it. Better than most years? You know what? I, I'd have to sit back and think about year to year. I haven't done that, but just right now, I just just feel feel good. I think we're in a good place. How much how much will that excitement grow when you guys get out there for practice and see all the fans here? You guys oh, that's you know that's why we're here. I mean, with the element of having the fans here. I mean, that's that's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. You know what? I went for a walk. Um, uh, I got to work off some of these meals that I had during break here, but uh, I went for a walk today, and uh, I, I was amazed. It was at uh, what was it? It was probably like uh, 7:30 this morning, and there were already cars lined up about to come into the parking lot, and I, I just I just couldn't believe it. And just you know, it was just a, a a chilling scene for me to see that. I said, it just it just means so much to these people, and you know, I owe it to them to to do everything I can in my power to. Uh, you know, not only help bring a championship to this organization, but to our fan base. They're so loyal to us, and they've been great with me. And, you know, I've been here, what, 23 years. And, you know, I, just, that passion is just it's second to none. I don't know if you want to label yourself a player's GM or whatnot, but in terms of your relationship with the guys and maybe what you plan on doing with your GM title amongst the dorm rooms after hours and just the camaraderie I, I didn't hear what he said. I didn't. I don't know what he said about that. Are you a player's GM? Am I a player? Player's GM. You know. <laughs> that's a that's a tough question there. Uh, I mean, I am who I am, and you know, I I try to get along with everyone. I try to be upfront with everyone, and uh, we'll see where that takes me. I guess does your title disallow you to be more, you know, maybe play dominoes or get in a new no game to play with your Is that kind of separate? 
you know what? I haven't been asked yet to participate in those games, so um, I'm, I'm not sure if someone challenged me at Uno, I would turn that down or checkers. I'd probably say yes, I'll come in, but if they ask, I'll, um, I'm happy to play. Yeah. Omar, uh, where do you kind of see your backup center options, specifically mm -hmm. your competition behind Mason, and how much does a guy like James Daniels, who has center experience but is now playing at guard, kind of factor into that? Yeah, we have, uh, you know, we have, that's, I talked about this at the draft, you know, adding flexibility, uh, guys that had position flexibility, and we have yeah, Kendrick Green, Isaac Ciamalo's played it, so we, we, we have options there. We, you know, we, Ryan McCollum, um, excited to see him out here next week uh, in pads, and we feel good about the options back there. Position flexibility was important on the all-line for us, and I think we got that. Omar, this time of year, probably every team is optimistic and feels good about itself for the most part. Yeah. Why does the vibe feel so different? For, for you, for you, for me personally, yeah. you know, I just, I guess how, just based on how the off season went, um, you know, this was my my first real uh, off season in this position, so I didn't have a, I don't really have anything to compare it to, but uh, you know, just based how things went and the our process and the people that I did it with and. Um, you know, we, we talk and evaluate ourselves and the team all the time and uh, just just feel really good about where we're at. A few more. I'm Ray Dave Deontay. The contract last year, mm -hmm. part of that. What are your expectations for him and what kind of season do you expect from him this year? You know, he, uh, I'm, I have no doubt in my mind that Deontay is going to be successful this year. He's a hardworking football player. You know, he's exciting to watch. Um, I mean, you guys saw it, you know, that play he made in the opener against Cincinnati last year, one-handed catch, one-handed catch, that was a pretty special play, and he's capable of that and more. You mentioned how Broderick's going to have to earn it at left tackle throughout this training camp. What are your expectations for him, and what do you expect to see out of him during these next few weeks? Just growth. You know, I think every day you want to watch him, uh, every day you want to see him get better, and um, I don't have any doubt that he won't, that he will get better every day. What you talked about positional flexibility in the offensive line. How about defensively? It seems like there's a lot of versatility. When you were assembling the roster, how much was that important uh, in terms of putting this defense? Do uh, you have a specific position or just as a whole, you mean? Well, it seems like guys like Patrick Peterson, yeah. you know, he's going to play yeah. positions, especially in the secondary, all those guys yeah. move around. Yeah, those guys in the secondary was important, especially with that veteran that we signed. Um, uh, but, yeah, I mean, it was important everywhere. Along those lines, you see a more of a blurring the lines between a yeah, you always have to take that in consideration. Understand, you know, who's going to play. It's, you know, we understand the packages our coaches are going to uh, implement. So we have to make sure we have the, uh, the players that we think that can fit those roles. Two more. When he landed Roberts, did Brian Flores give you any input? Uh, you know, Flo. He. I don't think Flo was here when we said. But it, you know, we had. You know, we always talk and stuff like that. And he had talked about the. Um, you know, his players in Miami and New England and this and that, and I'm sure somewhere along the line his name came up, and I know they had a good relationship, and uh, he played well for him. Last one. Do you view Joe Porter as in that same light as Broderick where he could earn a starting job even with Pat and Levi kind of being established better? Yeah, I'd say, you know, that's what camp's for. We're competing, and, uh, you know, we, we put the best 11 guys out on the field. Uh, on defense, the best 11 guys out on the field on offense, and uh, go from there. All right. Thanks, guys. All right. That was Steelers GM Omar Khan at his opening press conference yesterday. A lot of key takeaways, Wolf. And <clears> – <throat>
I want to make sure that we get to those and kind of talk about some of the highlights in that con- in that first conversation, talking about contracts, talking about new players out there. When we come back on the other side of Inside the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks here on SNR Radio. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Max, we were just listening to Omar Khan conduct his first interview here up at training camp. Of course, we are at St. Vincent, where I've been coming here since 1980. Get Zooks, man. Yeah. You weren't even born then. No, I was not. No. I was not I mean, even a twinkle in my father's eye. No, you weren't. That. But I did play against your father. Yes, you did. You, you, you did. did. Your dad was a terrorizer of yeah. offensive linemen. <laughs> my dad, you know, I didn't realize my dad had huge hands. Yes. He had huge hands. I mean, yes, I'm taller than my dad. I'm bigger than my dad. But his, our hands are about the same size. And it was, it's just ridiculous, like, to think back on that time and. You know, not my dad's up there with Tunch. I'm sure they're probably running hey, one-on-one man. drills. They're, yeah, yeah. They, which <laughs> yeah. actually they're just redoing what they've been yeah, doing. Exactly. So, you know, because he played over Tunch all the time. Yeah. But the thing I re- always remember about your dad was what an athlete. Man, he was – he could jump over guys trying to cut them. He could, you know, just do whatever. I mean, he was just – Yeah. He was an ex-great athlete. Yeah, no, I, it's funny. I get to watch some of the, you know, the games when they do NFL's greatest games. and they kind Of course, that would be Ross Browner. We're Ro- talking Ross about Browner, my father, Ross Browner. Yes. Sorry, sorry. Yes. We, we, we did not add Sometimes, context yes. to that. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't really flesh yeah. it out there. Yeah, but, um, but yeah, it's just crazy, like, watching some of those old games. And yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, there's, there's, there's my father. I got <laughs> yeah. that picture of you and I. Um, I'm sorry, you and I. Your dad and I uh, coming to a collision on a trap. And I was, remember, uh, he was so low. It was like, yeah. okay, this is not going to end well for me. Yeah, exactly. Only one of two things can happen at this yeah. point. Yeah. A big bang. That's yes. what's going to happen. Yes. And a, it's going to hurt. A bang or a pow. One yeah. of the two are happening. Kapow. Yeah. No, it was going to be a kablamo because <laughs> yeah. that was going to be one heck of a hit. I could, he, your dad closed traps very well. Yeah. Okay, here we are, day two up at training camp. We had Omar Khan just doing his first interview. And one of the things about it, um, his optimism Yeah. really – bleeds through i mean I, I really appreciate that i like that hearing that that optimistic nature coming through from omar khan well and also i'll say this omar is also one of the things he's grown from year one to year two yes. in the interviews right i mean good point see how much more comfortable he feels like yeah. he's he's more expressive and detailed in his answers and that was the other thing i appreciated about omar i haven't got to give him a compliment yet about it but as i was listening i was like man this is Really good, like you know, because early on, you know, it, it's tight when you're not a, when you're not naturally in this field. You're not used to talking. Yes. To then get in front of and get just peppered with questions back and forth. You know, you just no next question. You know, you could get really short on it. But I thought Omar very thoughtful, like you said, the enthusiasm, the optimism coming through, and him being really well prepared to handle the spotlight in that moment because this is a big moment. You do have to answer for. Okay, why is there such high turnover, right? 52 new guys. Hey, you had a draft and an offseason. You're making moves. Like yep. starting last season, right, the Chase Claypool trade, which parlayed into that Bears pick, which allowed us to get Joey Porter. Like there's so many different things that when you're listening to him, you're like, wow, okay, he, he, you know, this is, this is good progress for him. But one of the things that stood out to me 
Tobias U. Um, you know, hit what he what he really uh, kind of got hit on those first two draft picks, right? Broderick Jones, Joey Porter yes. Jr., and started telling the stories. I mean, what what are some of the things that really stood out to you in that in, in that interview? I like press the, conference. Yeah, press I, conference. I really I love the way he just fleshed it out with stories of Joey Porter Jr. being on the field. <laughs> yeah. Some, would somebody please tell Joey Jr. to get <laughs> off the field? Yeah. You know, and that's that's part of. In in my mind, the Steelers have always been a very very much a family affair. Yeah. You know, and it's you know goes way back to. The chief goes back to DMR, who once said, once a Steeler, always a Steeler. There was always that um, open arms thing. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it just it is, it's a great thing and a great privilege to, be, uh, to have been part of the organization and to do the things that, for instance, what we do on the fringes here. You know, it's, yeah. it's just a, a great thing. And the fact of the matter is when he fleshes it out with real-life stories like that, I think he gives you a little insight into the familial feeling of being a Steeler and what it uh, what, that that great sort of joy and uh, all-encompassing joy in being part of that organization so that's just one one area the the thing about it is is obviously his ability to decide okay we we met with Mike we met with uh, Art and uh, we got a game plan together and then things started moving I mean yeah. they moved across the board to create in my mind the best opportunity to go into that draft without having any distinct needs, just, okay, we got what we need now. Now we can go where we want to go. And they went with Broderick Jones. They went with Joey, Joey uh, Jr. So to me, it's, it's like um, there's, there's been a shift in what they're, how they're going to conduct business, different from the Kevin Colbert era, which, by the way, Kevin Colbert, Hall of Famer, Yes. That guy is a Hall of Famer, and we're going to bang the drum for him in five years if we're still around. Yeah, <laughs> we will be. We will be. Positive thinking. Put it in the universe, Wolf. We will be here in five years. Just like I told you earlier, you're too old to have those thoughts. <laughs> Talking about, oh, the sooner I go to sleep, the sooner I got to wake up. No, stop that. Stop that. <laughs> I should be on one of those Geico commercials about yeah, yeah, young exactly. homeowners becoming their parents. Yeah, becoming their parents. When, when, the guy, when the guy parks and he goes, no, no, no. We're not going to talk about when we're going to leave before we even get to the game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, this is a great spot for when we need to exit. Like, how about we get in the game first, okay? <laughs> Let's get to the stadium. Oh, is that funny? Oh, man. But you're, but you're right. I mean, the familial aspect that the Steelers have. And, you know, I remember hoisting little peasy up in our Saturday practices. Sure. After Because we would let, our you know, the, the kids of players – break down the practice like i remember little peasy i remember little jordan clark who's now a senior at asu wow right he's coming up on the draft next year i mean it's just it, it's it's wild to think that that next generation is coming in the guy the kids that used to be little little, little boys running around like you said ball boys and growing up in this organization and now they're the ones getting the opportunity to participate at the next level um in the nfl one of the things that stuck out stood out for me was and this was just a, like a little statement that Omar Khan made, but it spoke volumes. I'm never going to apologize for paying good players. Yes. I thought that was something point. that was prominent. So you're thinking about the Highsmith ex contract extension. And I think another person kind of followed up with, well, you know, most teams usually pay a lot of offensive players. You guys are doing the opposite, paying defensive players. And one of the things, I, you know, I thought about immediately was the defense is more seasoned and veteran than the offensive side. We have a lot of young rookie contracts on the offensive side of the ball. So you're not going to pay as many guys. Now, we did pay 
Isaac Suomalu to come here, right? Yes. James right. Daniel the year before. So we're making those. But when you have and a – And you had Nate Herbig, too. Yeah, yeah, Nate Herbig, too. So – but we have – a starting running back on a rookie contract. We have a starting quarterback on a rookie contract. We have a starting receiver in George Pickens, rookie contract. Pat Fryermuth, rookie contract. Darnell Washington, just drafted. So there is not a huge emphasis to really pay a lot of different positions um, on the offense side of the ball, but the defense side of the ball is a little bit more established. So that's where it seems like that. I think it's kind of one of those things. It just goes with the team and and the maturity of your team. But I thought that was another question that kind of popped in there. I was like, oh, man, this would have been a great point. But when you look at it a little bit further, you dig a little deeper, it's like, oh, well, that's the reason why we're paying more exactly. defensive guys than we are offensive guys. It's a great point, and I, I love how you, you highlighted it. Look, it's important that you understand the functioning of what the GM and, and the leadership is thinking about in the Steeler organization when you yeah. have such – I, in my mind, transparency, it's a good thing. Yeah, you know, that's a good you, thing. you come around and you just you, you lay it out, and this is where it's at. And like you said, that, that was a very descriptive statement about how you feel about things when you say, I'm never going to uh, apologize for paying a good player. Yeah. You and, know, and if you're a player, you're like going, Hello, I like that. Hello. That's a good idea. Wait till my free agency is up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to go it. there. Yes, <laughs> yes exactly. No, unquestionably so. Look. I like I like where the Steelers are at. I, I feel very similar in Omar uh, in his uh, optimistic feelings about the future here. And I, as we see this unfold and unpack throughout training camp, and as we go into the preseason, we're going to find out, you know, exactly did that plan um, does is it going to take root and be able to uh, build that foundation for the opening season c- to come? Because I know one thing: when you got an offensive line that 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 turns into maulers. That, that are fist fight each and every day, uh, you know, you got an opportunity when you go on those long trips, you know, you're Seattle, you're L.A., you're Las Vegas, whatever. Close you know, to my house, what would you say? They, yes, yeah. as, we, <laughs> as we get closer to your house. The fact is, you know, it, those, those sometimes, you know, the, the, the diva-wide receivers, they don't unpack as well after those, those good trips. And it's up to the boys up front to slog it out and get things done yeah. and put games away. And second-half games you know, of uh, second half of games are really important time to be able to, you know, come out of that three-point stance and roll through and, and, and wash that defensive line back. Yeah, exactly. All right, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, Max will be up because he's going to tell you everything about what you want to know. He doesn't know that yet, but when we come I back. I do now. <laughs> when we come back, we will be live from St. Vincent College at Steelers Training Camp. More here. This is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. All right, well, the players have matriculated themselves down the the hill, I guess. I guess hill, right? Hill's the accurate word. Yes, very Down accurate. to field number four, which is. Did you hate that hill? I hated that Oh, thing. I hated that thing. But I will say this. This is a more gradual decline if you take the street down to field four. Yes. As opposed to coming down the steps, then the concrete ramp, and then walking, slogging it across the wet field. You never know how hard that hill is until you got to go up it. At yeah, the end of a with practice. cleats. Yes. With cleats. That's what makes it oh, so tough. Man. But yeah, Zooks. Yeah, but they're now down on field number four, which is the artificial turf field, a little bit drier because we had some 
We had some moisture last night. Had a little bit of Man, precipitation. Man, did it dump out there? It dumped hard and fast, and so you know we watched the the grounds crew come out here. At one point, they had the little. It looked like a pogo stick that was checking the the, uh, yep. the moisture, moisture of the field, and then I saw a guy in a corner like with this really long like syringe like thing trying to like drain water physically from a corner <laughs> of the field. But um, but we're here live at St. Vincent. Guys are getting ready for walkthrough, and uh, you know just to kind of put a button and a bow on um, on what Omar Khan said yesterday in his press conference, the introductory press conference for training camp. Uh, we kind of talked about Broderick Jones. Joey Porter Jr., I think kind of just the general excitement of training camp um, and what this prospect brings. We, you know, of the 90 guys, 52 of those guys are brand new. And he talked about assembling, you know, this roster yes. and not being afraid to go find guys with experience. And I think that was kind of one of the things, you know, first names that come to mind when we think about the defense, Landon Roberts and Cole Holcomb yes. in free agency, bringing guys who are captains, guys who have playing experience so you're not just getting a guy just to be what you know a lot of people call a jag right just a guy right to bring in as a camp body but trying to bring in contributors that can immediately make an impact on this team and they were very thoughtful but very persistent and very intentional in where they went out in free agency to get guys and bring them in and again i go back to having that conversation with vince williams and saying did you realize the apocalyptic cascade of problems you created at the inside linebacker position when you retired? You know, I mean, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. you know, you look at it. You now, here we are on, on what the second or third iteration, if you will, yeah. of uh, trying to supplant and re uh, replant the inside linebacker position. We've had some issues with it; has not worked out good. Uh, Devin Bush, God bless him, uh, just didn't. You know, the thing about Devin, I just never understood, and and I understand this. I've, I've had – you've had knee injury. I've had knee injury. As we both sit here, we're matching scars yeah, exactly. of the same right. nature right next to each other. <laughs> you know, um, it's tough. I realize coming back, especially when you're one of those unicorns, as they call them, yeah. those, those once-in-a-generational type athletes that are really terrific and everything, and there was so much promise after his rookie year, and then after sustaining that knee injury – the problems that arose for him where he never really overcame that. I don't know whether it's a mental thing. I know that I would imagine that when your body doesn't, isn't quite capable of doing what you always knew it to do, and he had referenced this when he talked about the fact that, you know, if, you bite a, if a dog bites your hand, how long is it going to be before you, you, know, you pet a dog again? Yeah. Well, the thing about it is, you know, in a world full of, of, of dogs on the football field, um, you're going to get bit, and you've got to be able to overcome. And he always seemed to be very uncomfortable in uh, his playing skill set after he came back from that, that knee injury. Yeah, and in the uh, immortal words of Craig's daddy from Friday, sometimes you catch the dog and sometimes the dog I catches you. you. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's kind of what we're talking about. And, and when you mention that second iteration – um, or third iteration, you know, remember bringing in Joe Schobert. Yes. Uh, we signed him after, I think, the third preseason game in Philly. Yeah. And it was announced that he was coming over from Jacksonville. And then, of course, you know, bringing in a Miles Jack the following year, trying to find some semblance of really chasing Shazier. Right? Yes. Shazier. Like no looking doubt about for that it. athletic, knowledgeable, fast, hard-hitting type of linebacker. They were so accustomed to with the Steelers' ethos. Right? Yes. 
And so now we have that next iteration, right? Cole Holcomb, you know, coming in, guy, guy that, that was highly touted and was, was favorably looked upon, a lot of log, log plays, Landon Roberts, and trying to find that middle of the defense because it's kind of one of the areas that's kind of been missing. You know, um, secondary, a lot of departures there. You bring in a Patrick Peterson, a Mr. I've done it all, seen it all, and yes. I'm now in a position where I can play for the coach, you know, that I've always wanted to play for. Right. You know, Correct. That was a great selling point. Yep. Keon O'Neal as well, another hard-hitting guy um, that could come in. Duke Dawson, um, another one. So, you know, you look at just kind of that turnover, and it's good turnover. Like, you're picking quality guys. You're not just picking guys for the sake of picking them. All right. I guess we got to go yeah. to break. CJ, my, my boy out. is giving me – he's looking at me. He gave you the eye? That, oh, he was giving me, you know, the old uh, – you yeah. got to get out by that there time. There it is. Yeah. And, and it is 55, so we have our heart out. So we will step aside, and when we come back, we'll have more in the locker room with Wolf and Starks here from St. Vincent's College in Latrobe, Pennsylvania, when we come back. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.